0: welcome to healing the city podcast my name is eric Seepin and across from me is my beautiful wife susan Siepen. hello and we are in the midst of covid doing podcasting covid covid And we thought we'd talk about lots of fun things. Um, Today we're going to talk about listening.
1: Effective listening.
0: Effective listening and how to ask good questions. Mm -hmm. So this is all part of a um, model that we have developed. It has two names. People understand it as the hot seat model, which is its original name, and the table of decision, which describes the central part of the, or the center part of the model itself.
1: And I think it's actually important to talk about the two names because I think the hot seat idea was, came from the idea that you're on the spot and people are asking you questions, but it it has, that space has turned into such a space of encouragement um, that hot seat doesn't seem, uh descriptive of it really i mean it can be
0: it, it's a catchy name too but
1: yeah we just can't lose hot it i mean you can't call it the moderate. seat of encouragement no it just it doesn't catch
0: no hot seat table of decision table of decision because works because the table of decision you be like can you want to table it yeah and it doesn't mean put it under the table It actually puts it on top of the table it's
1: right kinda, and it doesn't mean you're tabling it for later yeah so yeah
0: it's kind of cool mm-hmm. so i think it has two good names it can be good the, yeah
1: but hot seat doesn't actually mean what you might think it means. I
0: think uh, yeah. Though I mean when you get when you're on the hot seat or tabling something, you that in your life you might feel a little like focus like kind of your seat's well, getting your, a little hot.
1: Your sin can be exposed. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But we're going to talk about in general effective listening and uh, effective questioning, or uh, question asking that leads to effective listening just it doesn't have to work in the context of our model, but this is where we teach it and develop it. Um, it it's just a good skill to have. Yeah. So uh, I thought maybe we could just start talking about it and then you can, you have like, when I start talking, you have all the ideas that fill things out. So we'll go from there. Um, so one of the things to begin thinking about effective listening is just to think about how poorly people listen and So when people are talking about their life in general, um, if you ask a person how they're doing, Mm -hmm. it seems to me, and I do this a lot, and I'm trained pretty well and train people in this a lot. uh, When I hear someone telling a story about some event in their life, Mm -hmm. I think of a similar event that I wish to tell after they're done telling. Which means that I'm not really listening to what they're saying, my brain isn't focused. So. one of the things that happens when my brain's not focused is I don't, uh, I may not catch the nuances of what they're saying um, because I'm too focused on my story and how I'm going to tell it. So that's one thing we do that, that um, is creates ineffective listening. How, I don't know. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think, you know, some of the foundation for why we value effective listening comes from encouragement, the key to caring by Larry Crabb. Um, where he talks about uh, how we should, in Ephesians, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but let everything you say be for the building up of other people. Really rough translation. Right. Uh, But the idea that we're actually really called to ministry as we interact with other people, not just to being known. And being known is good, and it... It should happen right. in relationship and in community, but our calling in Christ as priests is to minister. And so if we're going to minister, we need to really be able to listen to other people effectively and not only be thinking about our own agendas and what we want personally.
0: Right. Well, I think you could tag on to that that um, we're all image bearers of God, and, and God created us. Um, very uniquely, and so part of listening well to someone is offering them dignity or giving them the honor of being someone created in the image of God. Yes. Um, which, in a fallen world, is why we have Ephes- the, the passage in Ephesians, because mm-hmm. we're called to be rebuilding that and reimaging the garden, so to speak. And each other. And each other. Helping yeah. each other yeah,
1: into being fully human
0: yeah. in God's image. And listening is like one of the most powerful things you can do Mm -hmm. in doing that.
1: And I think this also reminds me of the sermon series a while back on blessing. Yes. And the idea that blessing, to bless someone is to see them, to know them, and to call them out. Right. And when we listen to each other well, we are blessing the other person by really hearing what they're saying, seeing who they are, knowing them, and then we have an opportunity to call them out as we listen to the Holy Spirit simultaneously and hear what the Spirit is saying to them.
0: Right. Yeah, I think maybe a key thing in talking about listening well is that you're not just, like, if I am trying to plan out the thing that I'm going to say that's similar to the thing you're saying, then in a way I've kind of tuned out what the Spirit might be saying. So part Mm -hmm. of listening is not just listening to the narrative that the person's saying or the things that they're saying, but also trying to hear what the Spirit might be saying Mm -hmm. in the midst of that. Um, And so part of it is being quiet and listening. Mm -hmm. Um, But.
1: Which also then allows us to speak effectively. uh, Because I think part of listening to each other is speaking. uh, You know, words, strategic, well-chosen words of affirmation, of encouragement. Yeah. uh, Of verbalizing the person's true identity Mm -hmm. in Christ. Yeah. And what God is inviting them to.
0: Yeah. I think we, we live in a a very advice driven culture though. Yeah. Right. To be careful. Well, I know. I mean, I think we're all inclined to give advice. Mm -hmm. Right. I think that's uh, a, it's funny. I mean, we, we, we seek advice in some ways and we want to give it. Like, I think Mm -hmm. it's, but it's not always that helpful. Right. Um, without listening mm-hmm. what are you know I, I i think we could just go through some of the ways that people, i mean people tend to want to tell their stories people tend to want to give advice mm-hmm. what other things do do people want to do i mean i think that the famous one which is why like the being a two-year-old in your question asking capacity right <laughs>
1: Right. How do we have,
0: you know, I don't know. Like, I think that plays out in a certain way, too, when you ask somebody why you're about to say something.
1: Uh, I was going to say that I think sometimes we explain away the other person's, um, choices. Yeah. So sometimes if someone's talking or complaining about something, we want to commiserate with them and just say, oh yeah, what you did was fine. And. Uh, right. I would have done the same thing. Right. Anybody would do that. But effective listening—if we're listening to the person and the Holy Spirit or the voice of Scripture—sometimes says that we need to hear what they're saying and not critique it in any right. way. Not give them a "Yeah, that's okay" or "No, that's not okay." Right. But to really listen to what's underneath it and um and hold judgment whether it's positive or negative yeah
0: because if somebody says something like well i just i just lost it on my kids and they were screaming and they they painted the whole wall and i just yelled yeah. and screamed," and i said these things yeah i, I mean people often want to say oh well that's understandable right yeah i would have done the same thing you know it seems okay that you you know but
1: that's, that's not really not, listening
0: no it's not it, it's uh in some ways it's it's kind of fixing the anxiety that we're having while we listen to the person share something that was obviously traumatic to them and to their kids right <laughs> so you want to like bring the bring it down real fast um so yeah then there's that so they asked explaining things away giving advice telling your own story and asking why which the reality is, is most people wouldn't asking you or telling you anything about their life if they knew why. Like, they wouldn't be talking about a particular problem and it, their struggle with it if they knew why.
1: Well, and I think why is an interesting... It's kind of like one of the rules of the hot seat not to ask why. Yeah. Uh, but it is a rule with exceptions. Sure, right? Of course. Because Jesus asks
0: why, so you got to be able to do it.
1: it. Sometimes it's a legitimate question when it's inquisitive and it's actually kind of hypothetical like huh why do you think you did that right you know like what's underneath that but sometimes why can just be shaming de- kind of depends on the tone of voice why did you do that right is a whole different question uh if it's angry or yeah
0: like, but i i agree with you and off i, I like the way you answered that question earlier there where, where you are you worded the question where you had something you're like huh I wonder why. Mm -hmm. It wasn't sort of the person's, if they're like, well, I got in my car and I felt really frustrated and I punched it and I hurt my hand. Well, why'd you do that? Mm -hmm. I don't know why I did that. Like, I wouldn't have this conversation if I know why I did it. Right. (laughs) Right. I'm giving you the events, not, it's like, that's not the why is not necessarily available to me.
1: And basically, why? It's a question. It may not be the best question. Yeah, there might the be other question. ways around to find out the why.
0: Right, but they are good things to be to think. Well, I shouldn't start with why. Mm-hmm. You know, I shouldn't start with an explanation. I shouldn't start with advice. I shouldn't ask the questions that are just going to get yes and no answers.
1: Right, which again. Is a hot seat guideline yeah, it is. that is sometimes a rule meant to be broken? Yes, because sometimes you just need a little bit more explanation of like, well, was it this? Yes right. or no? But yeah, usually a yes or no question just shuts down, shuts down the whole conversation because it's nope, and then there's nothing that comes with it. So right. uh, asking open ended questions is usually more right. effective.
0: I think so because if you say if. You're talking to somebody and she says, well, I, I was, my husband was doing this and I was angry at him and I told him he was a blah." And you're like, well, do you like your husband? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Where do you go from <laughs> well, here? Why did you say that to him? Mm-hmm. If you like him? Well, then that's. <laughs>
1: <laughs> then you have a yes, no and a why.
0: <laughs> Wait, so you oh, find no. yourself in a bad situation and then you don't really get to what's going on with that person at all. Um, so those are those are bad questions. Those That's where you should not start if you're going to be a good listener. Um, so we should talk about how one listens. All right. Wow. Well, like, what are good questions? And, and I know you took notes, so you should I, – I also have notes here, so we can just kind of go. I don't
1: there. actually have notes to oh. utilize. I just gotcha. uh, had a conversation with my pilgrim group a few months ago about effective listening, and people came up with really great ideas about – why effective listening is helpful, how they feel when they've been listened to well.
0: You should read some of those. I think would be great for our, our podcast.
1: Okay. So basically, the, so these are just some of the ideas that emerged. Yeah. Uh, we should talk about them. Were <laughs> that effective listening uh, helps us to hear the Holy Spirit? So sometimes, you know, I have something I'm going through or thinking about, but I really don't know, I'm confused about it, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Um, and somebody else listening to me can help me hear the Holy Spirit and understand what God is inviting me to. That's good. Um, effective listening helps us understand what's happening inside our minds. So sometimes it even helps us know what we're feeling, what we think about something, what lies we're, we've been believing. Uh, it just kind of lays things bare more Um, than we can do by ourselves. Yeah. Uh, It helps us recognize lies for what they are because often the the things that we believe that are actually not true sound really true to us and that's how lies work, right? Right,
0: yeah, It, it helps expose that.
1: So if somebody else listens to what I'm believing and they say, well, I don't believe that, I don't think that's true, then it helps the lie lose power and become exposed for what it is. Um, and I think listening can also help us see what we need to do sometimes there there's not always something different we need to be doing but sometimes there's a clear course of action that needs to happen um, it helps us know how to pray ourselves but also it helps other people know how to pray for us Right, and uh, it helps us to feel known and loved and I think like we mentioned before blessed it allows us to be blessed and bless each other yeah so it creates connection in a community where we are known yeah. and cared for by the people around us.
0: Yeah, when there's when there's this intentionality, I think those those different statements or summaries uh, kind of bring to life what the effects of intentional mm-hmm. listening like when, when we there's a community of listeners. Yeah. What happens the way it, it creates health mm-hmm. within you. Um I wonder, like in in our, you know, that we have a thing called the rules of thumb, or, or and we we tried to
1: change them to guidelines.
0: Well, we call it the hot seat rules some of to them, live by.
1: Some uh, of them are rules to be broken occasionally. Yes, yes. as we mentioned, the before. rebels
0: of our community wish to break the rules. <laughs> <laughs> Listening, I know how this works. Why? 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 So, so, like you already said, one, and that's just open-ended questions. Ones that allow the person to talk more, um, but mm-hmm. to get it down to a more practical thing, like number one would be reflective listening, being able to reflect back. Mm. So words, you know, one of the popular thing we we say at the village, and you'll hear anybody's been at the village for a while use this phrase all the time. It's like it makes me just so happy because I'm like I have helped create a culture of good question asking when people say it sounds like when people say to me Mm -hmm. eric it sounds like this is really hard for you i'm like yes it's not hard for me anymore because you asked this great question Mm -hmm. (laughs) i feel so happy um so just being able to reflect back by saying it sounds like it sounds like you're having a hard time sounds like you didn't know what was going on sounds like
1: and what does it do for you when somebody asks you that well, what it does Or it's not a question necessarily, but when well, somebody rephrases, that's a good question.
0: Good question. What does that do for your you? Your it's
1: good statement or what you're saying back to you.
0: It's it it helps me assess as to if I really believe that or not. Is that something I'm actually experiencing? And if it isn't, then I don't have to have that category anymore. I can say, "Oh no, that's not it," and we can put mm-hmm. that aside, and they can say, "Oh, well, And then they can move to another kind of reflective thing to help me think about it. And we're we're removing things to like get down to how I really feel about a particular thing.
1: So in some ways, it sounds like is a hypothetical question. Yes, where the person is posing a hypothesis uh, based on listening to you, where they're saying, "It sounds to me like you are thinking this," or "It sounds to me like you're feeling this way," and they re summarize what you say, and you have the freedom at that point to say yes. It, that, that's it, that's yeah. it, you've heard me. Or to say, well, no, that's not quite it, it's something else, and then you can add to it and shift it, and the person can let go of the previous hypothesis and pick up at right. that point with and, listening again.
0: And one of the ones that I tend to use in counseling, and less in the hot seat model actually, is, mm-hmm. is the what I hear you saying. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what, what I hear you saying is that your wife Blah, blah, blah. Or what I hear you saying is it's really this. And that person will be like, no, what I actually am saying. And then they can articulate it. Uh, Because people, like when you ask questions, people are more inclined to answer questions when they disagree with what you're saying. Mm -hmm. When you don't actually line up with them. Mm -hmm. Because then they're like, no. And they want, there's something impulsive in them to correct you. And then all of a sudden what's revealed is how they really feel about things. Mm -hmm. So I love that that question is is pretty putting putting some cognitive dissonance in the person's mind is very helpful.
1: So do you intentionally ask them something that's a little bit off of what you're hearing or are you actually saying?
0: I know I kind of go with the Holy Spirit because I feel like the, that I'm listening to them and what I want them. A lot of times what it helps them see is how I'm experiencing them Mm -hmm. and how I'm experiencing their events and it's just creating a place for them to begin to self-examine. So I don't intentionally say it as wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just that I uh, can't get in their brain. So, so
1: sometimes you're taking what they're saying and also what you know of them or mm-hmm, what
0: the spirit y- is the saying, the
1: feeling you have in your gut, yes. and kind of putting them together and saying, "This is what I'm hearing." Yeah, and. It might be a little bit different than what they actually said.
0: Another one I tend to use is, is it seems to me. And I'll mm-hmm. say, it seems to me that, and da 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 da. And they'll, they'll be like, well, no, that's not how it was. And so it's, it's.
1: And I think that's that those statements are things that we also have to be careful with because we don't want to stop at that statement. No. Right? If the person is, if we're listening to someone and we say, it seems to me we don't want that to be the end of the conversation. No. Right? We want to be able I mean the, the it, right. might, it might be yes. Yes, that's what's happening, but it could also be no and we need to be able to be flexible to move past it into the next.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can say it seems to me Sue, so you're really enjoying this podcast. Is that true? And then that allows the person's feeling. Like, well, you're like, well, no, I'm uncomfortable, but I am enjoying this part. And then it allows them to kind of go right. off.
1: Right. It it allows to create, it kind of creates another open-ended space. Well, right? the
0: f- yeah. The thing for me is people don't realize the impact they're having on other people. And so part of being a good listener is just saying, you impact me. Mm-hmm. This is how I'm being impacted in mm-hmm. this moment. Is that, you know, is, you know, how do you feel about that? Mm-hmm.
1: Like, Yeah, that's a good point. You
0: know, that's a... Kind of what you're saying in the under the, the underneath everything. Mm-hmm. So the that the other one. So you you know. So locating people's emotions. Question. I mean, because that's part of what we do in the hot seat is getting people to be in touch with their emotions. So just asking the question: How? How did you feel when?
1: Mm-hmm. And I think I don't know if we're ready to launch into the hot seat. No. At this point, but uh, I think we talk about the hot seat like we teach this as a model yes for um i i call it a form a gospel focused format for effective listening Mm -hmm. where we're trying to help we're trying to listen towards the gospel right and towards what would the gospel look like in your life in this situation and i think that sometimes people get nervous about that because it's a it's a model it's not just one thing, it's several different pieces. Right. Sometimes they, they fit different together differently based on what the problem is. Um, and I think that sometimes we just get nervous about that and just set it to the side right. and ignore the hot seat because that just seems too complicated. Hmm. We're not sure if it's gonna go right. But I actually think that any question related to any part of the hot seat can be really effective even if you just have one question.
0: Right, right.
1: So, and and emotion is kind of one of the early spaces in the right. hot seat. So, yes, emotion would be good, but there's also lots of other possible good questions that might come out of the hot seat model without doing the whole process.
0: Right. And and I think the the thing that we're trying to uh, there's a model that we use. And and so this we're going to allude to the model a lot. But the reality is a lot of these pieces are just ways of relating to each other and that are healthy Mm -hmm. and healthy ways of relating are asking good questions identifying somebody's emotion if like how'd you feel when your husband yelled at you well I felt really scared You don't need to be like, well, let's work out your in our model your false beliefs and where you felt your emotions in your body and all that kind. It's just like, what can I pray for you about that? Yeah, like, can I just pray over your fear? You don't have to fix it. You don't have to go through some model that we've developed. It's just, you know, question asking and being able to listen is is ninety percent of being a good friend and a good follower of Jesus and pulling out the the dignity of people.
1: Well, and I think that example is really good because it it brings to light one of the reasons we wouldn't ask a good question is, you know, if somebody's telling you that their husband was yelling at them, you don't know what's going to come out of that. You don't know what mess is underneath that with the husband that you're friends with, that you're in community with both of these people. You don't know what's happening, and you're not sure if you want to know what's happening. And you don't know if you're going to have the right answers once you find out more. Right. And so I feel like sometimes we just avoid listening or asking deeper questions because we feel helpless and we don't know what to do next. Right. But I think that's a really beautiful example of saying, of asking a deeper question, how did you feel? And, uh, and then praying for the person. Right. Or whatever else needs to come after that, yeah. whatever other questions or sorts of things need to follow.
0: Yeah, and I think this. I mean, we can go round and round. I mean, and talk about this forever because I think there's there's so much cool things in it. But it is rooted. Some of the you were talking about ministry and mm-hmm. and our life of ministry and ideas that come from the encouragement of the Key to Caring book from Larry Crab and There's a lot of things that converge into what we're talking about. But I think the reason that we would listen well, partly and, and why we would have the confidence to ask good questions, is that we're rooted in our identity in Christ. And mm-hmm. you know, you and I were listening to somebody talk about you know, spiritual battle and she was talking about how she didn't want to be clothed in her own flesh to go battle because mm-hmm. her own flesh and she's talking more about her race identity, but her own flesh then the the armor of God and the spirit of God to go fight a spiritual battle and I think what we have to understand is that whatever's happening underneath things mm-hmm. people's emotion there's a spiritual war that's happening in that and if you're clothed in the spirit of God and you ask a good question and things come to light you have the power of prayer yeah, and the spirit of God to to, to do an amazing and miraculous work you don't need any special model or anything like that so that's why I think mm-hmm. these questions are great because like, they're where the power is And you see Jesus asking questions all the time.
1: Yeah. And going back to what we said earlier, you don't have to have the right advice. Right. Or the answer or the fix, the solution to the problem.
0: Right. Or your story about how you fixed it in your life. Right.
1: (laughs) You're really just invited to be present in the space and step before God in prayer together.
0: Yeah. So, I think, you know, one good question then is how did you feel when? Is there, like, do you guys use in your model, like, or not, when you guys are doing the hot seat, do you use other questions to locate emotions or is it usually just the how do you feel when?
1: It's usually pretty straightforward. It is pretty
0: straightforward. I mean,
1: for an emotion, looking for emotion. I,
0: I think the two keys in that are just. How do you feel when? Like connecting it to an event. Like mm-hmm. When, when yeah.
1: Sometimes people will answer that question with a thought. Yes. Um, I felt like, and then it won't be a feeling. Yeah. It'll be a thought. I felt like he was being a jerk. Right. Right. And so sometimes there's some pushback. There needs to be some pushback on it where it's either, huh, well, that's a thought, not a feeling. Well, I wonder what you were feeling. <laughs> right. Well, no,
0: let's, let's talk about that because that's probably where we can just sort of end this conversation is that is the harder question is how did you feel when? Because... I'm that,
1: giving you a dubious look Well, because right
0: people uh, don't know how they feel. Right?
1: Well, I think it probably depends on who you're talking to.
0: my experience is that people don't necessarily know how they feel. Mm -hmm. Do you think people know how they feel?
1: Well, I think, okay, what I'm, what I'm thinking of is when I taught uh, the men in the leadership team, Uh our lead minister team, how I do the hot seat. Eric and I switched places a few months ago and he taught the women leaders how he does hot seat. And I taught the men leaders how I do hot seat. And I was talking about how women are so aware of their emotions that sometimes we just get it's easy to get stuck there because you can have 10 emotions come out of something some event and we could talk about that for way too long to get anywhere right and they looked at me and they said that isn't a problem we have in helping men get through the hot seat like they don't Uh, They have a harder time actually coming up with an emotion.
0: Well, what's interesting is I didn't have that problem with the women when I taught it and walked them through it. Because I don't let people have many emotions when I ask them questions. <laughs> Maybe,
1: yeah. So I—that's I, why I'm giving you the eyebrow. Well, so you're saying women okay. tend
0: to—they are feelers and they tend to have a lot of feelings about things.
1: I think, yeah. I just think some people won't have any sense of what they felt at all, right. whether they're men, men, or, men or women. But, but and they, other people will have so many, right. you know, intricate details to how they felt. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yes, it could be a really difficult question to answer. Sometimes I also think a lot of like some feelings come up that aren't quite the right one mm. and we have to help each other discern yeah. what's underneath the feelings.
0: That's a kind of what That's I was more accurate. To say, okay. Is it's answered with requires more decoding than for yeah. instance if I say it sounds like blah blah blah. Um decoding someone's emotions when they're trying to express them and help them kind of get down to their core emotions yes yeah, yeah. That. yeah no you're right that's that's i actually think that's big for men and women yeah i agree yeah that they <laughs> but well i would say at least my experience and i don't want to you know say oh women are this way men are that way but my experience and i do it mostly with men is that they're usually their their first emotion is i was angry Mm -hmm. (laughs) like almost universally whatever situation they're facing i was angry Mm -hmm. and you're like well anger is a secondary emotion so what's the emotion under that anger what's going on there Mm -hmm. yeah so that's (laughs) yes so there's some decoding in that but that tends to be more therapeutic just asking that question is A good question. It is it is a good question. (laughs) But anyway.
1: (laughs) I think also some ways of feeling map out into a specific emotion that isn't really obvious at the beginning. Yeah. Like you know, you, you write down five different emotions and you get to you know, some of the other details of what was happening and you say, you know, I'm wondering if you were feeling shame. You know, as you look at the, just hear the pattern of sure. emotion that's happening, um, and that's one of those spaces where I feel like a yes or no question is helpful to, to say, you know, does that resonate with you? And sometimes people will be like, no, nah, it wasn't shame. And other times someone will be like, oh, yeah, definitely. Or helplessness. You know, there are some f- things we feel that that are kind of compiled of other, of a whole set of experiences or or feelings.
0: Yeah. So I think if we just reverse that a little bit back, I think asking good questions, um, I think everyone is an external processor. Mm. And I think even though some of us are more internal, all of us are external in the way we come to things. Um,
1: We need each other's minds Mm -hmm. to help us be whole.
0: So we need to talk out loud. Yeah. And we don't have a lot of space to just talk out loud. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's the beauty of you know we talk in our community about holding people's stories, and a lot of that's just letting a person talk out loud Mm -hmm. because sometimes that's all they need to come to oh yeah Mm -hmm. wow I had no idea that was going on until I started talking about it Mm -hmm. you know and I think that's just a powerful thing if you have a community that can hold the story and ask good questions and And
1: sometimes I think holding someone's story well is uh is to not even ask a question yeah. is to hear the story and cry yeah and then and just have an a true resp- emotional response of your right. own to the story or to say oh i just feel so angry about that you know to have an emotional experience hmm. of their story without you know taking over the whole conversation yeah, with
0: yeah. it no that's that's powerful
1: but a, a, an honest response can be really significant.
0: Yeah. No, I think the picture I tend to get when we talk about holding people's story, because, you know, how many people, people don't use that, or people don't know what that means, to hold Mm -hmm. somebody's story. But there is this idea that all the words we speak have their own, like, spiritual formation, you know, the Proverbs talk about words having you know life and death built in them but they're mm-hmm. also just they go out they mm-hmm. do stuff when you speak them and so holding someone's story is to hold the words that they've spoken mm-hmm. collected together and give it all value and not allow it to escape into the ether without being recognized and blessed and cared for mm-hmm. and given back in some way to the person you know kind of in a way where it's cared for and and so I love that picture. I imagine that when people are, are saying.
1: Yeah. And I think to tend to it without taking it and telling it to someone else. Yes. Um, I mean, it, it may come up if it's not a confidential conversation. There might be bits and pieces that come up somewhere else, but to not go gossip about it or right. say, se- you know, be sensationalize it in a, some other space, but to really hold it with honor and yeah. protect it.
0: Yeah. Well, and even when you tell it to somebody else, because I think one of the m- more powerful things is when you are mutually caring for people, you will be sharing their story with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but to to actually honor it and give it dignity, and not like you said, make it sensational or tell more than needs to be told for yeah. for someone to yeah. move towards a particular person or care for them or mm-hmm. um, pray for them. You know, when you're in, certainly when you're inviting people to pray for others. Yeah. So. Yeah, this is a fun conversation. You and I could talk forever about these things. We we love these things. These are a part of us. It's true. So do uh, you have any last thoughts or are we good?
1: I think we said probably way too much.
0: Oh, we never say way too much.
1: <laughs> I don't think we need to add anything
0: Awesome. Else. Well, honey, thank you so much for doing You're this. Welcome. I'm so excited that we're going to be doing these every week together for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me too. Awesome. All right.
1: All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. You've been listening to Healing the City podcast with Eric Seepin. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.